Welcome to Practical Christian Living. And God says today, if you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. Because you don't know how many more times God's going to be speaking to you, giving you an open door. So that if you're here tonight and you've never made a commitment to Christ, and, and you're hearing now what it means to be a Christian, that you say, I'm going to live my life for Jesus now. If you're hearing that and considering it, don't harden your heart. Because you might not have that drawing again. Do you hear from God? That answer might depend on these answers. Are you obeying God? Do you have a desire to know Him and to know His Word? God's Word says today is the day of salvation. It is our prayer that if you haven't already, you would respond to the call of God and to the invitation to welcome Him into your life and start living for Him today. With more from Hebrews 4, 1 through 16, here's Robert Furrow, pastor of Calvary, Tucson. The Bible says in John 6, no one comes to the Son unless the Father first draws him. That means God's got to be moving in your heart for you to be able to come and give your life to Christ. And so if you hear God's voice today, don't take it as a light thing. God says, um, I need to get the address for this verse. But the Bible says, my people constantly put things in front of them that cause them to sin. Should I allow myself to be heard by them at all? God's saying, if they're not going to do what I'm saying, why should I speak to them? People say, well, it's so dry. I just don't hear from God anymore. I used to sit in church and I'd be spoken to. It's just so dry anymore. Are, are you doing what you know you're supposed to be doing? If God were to speak to you tonight, would you be willing to go, yeah, okay, God, I, want, I hear that. I'm, I'm ready. Because if you're not, then maybe that's the reason. If you're like, I, I'm not going to do what God wants me to do, then maybe that's the reason that God's not speaking to you. And that if you had the heart to say, I want to do what you want me to do, which is what this passage is encouraging us, that there is a rest to enter into. And, and when we do that, we discover what, what life in Christ is really about. I'm not saying that there's never any difficulties. I'm not saying that we're never asked to do anything that's hard. I'm saying a life in Jesus is better than a life apart from Christ. And a life in Christ is entering into rest and a life apart from Christ is works. And so he says, if today you hear God's voice, do not harden your heart. Now in verse nine, make sure I'm getting to the right place because I got broken up here. Um, okay, so verse eight. For if Joshua had given them rest, okay, so now we have a Joshua, not a Moses. Chapter 3 talks about the superiority of, of Moses, of Jesus over Moses. Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than the angels, chapter 1, chapter 2, and 3. Jesus is greater than Moses, okay? So in this chapter, Jesus is greater than Joshua. But do you remember what Jesus' Hebrew name is? Joshua which means God is salvation. And do you remember how we got that name? It was an angel who told Mary and, and in a dream, an angel that told Joseph, and you shall call his name Joshua. Now, we anglicize that into Jesus. And it's more than just that, but that's, we do that. So, but the name literally is Joshua. So there was a Joshua that brought them into the promised land and gave them rest. And there's a Joshua that brings us into the land and gives us rest. We gain our rest through our Joshua. 
And our Joshua is greater than that Joshua. That Joshua is able to give them rest, but we have a Joshua that gives us rest as well. For if Joshua had given them rest, verse 8, then he would not afterwards have spoken of another day. So after he brought them into the promised land, we're spoken of another day in which there would be rest. So they're wanting to go back to the law. They're wanting to move away from Christ and go back to living under the law. And he's saying, but under Joshua, it was spoken of another day. And so verse 9 says, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. So you and I, in, in verse 9, keep the Sabbath by entering into the rest of Jesus. So just as Jesus, under the law, became the sacrifice, there's, there's no more sacrifices given. We as Christians don't have to give sacrifices because Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice. He died once and for all. So we don't give sacrifices. We have a memorial where we remember the sacrifice. That's communion. He is our high priest. So we don't have a high priest anymore. We don't follow. In their day, when the book of Hebrews was written, there was a temple. There were sacrifices being made. There were high priests giving sacrifices. So you can imagine how tempting it was for people to say, well, as Christians, I think we ought to be going back to the law. I don't think we should have moved away from the law. It was, it was meant for Gentiles to all come to Christ. And there were people laying trips on Gentiles, just like people do today. There's people today that lay trips on Gentiles telling them they have to keep the Jewish law. You can imagine in their day, they did the same thing. They were Jewish and they told Gentiles, you got to become Jewish. You got to get circumcised. You got to keep the kosher laws. They're telling them you have to do all of these things. But we find our Sabbath in Christ. Just as he's the high priest, according to the Lord of Melchizedek, just as he's the sacrifice that was given, he fulfills all of the law. He completes it all. Not one jot and tittle of the law was done away with, but Jesus fulfilled every aspect of it. And so he is our Sabbath rest. So when I am in Christ, I'm keeping the Sabbath because he is our rest. So I don't need to keep the Sabbath on Saturday. That's, that's the shadow, right? That's what Colossians told us. Don't let anybody judge you according to these Jewish things and the Sabbaths, which are shadows of things to come. They're just the shadow. When people get all uptight about the Sabbath day today, they want to keep it. And this happens in Israel too. It happens through Orthodox Judaism and just casual Judaism, by the way. They keep the Sabbath. They won't cook on the Sabbath. They won't drive on the Sabbath. This is the Orthodox Jews. Hotels, you don't have to turn light switches on and off. You don't have to push a button in an elevator. That's all considered work. So they're, they're caught up in it today. But you and I find our rest in Christ. So when someone says, you're not a Sabbatarian, you need to become a Sabbatarian, I tell them, I am a Sabbatarian. I say, I'm, more, I'm more than you because Jesus is my Sabbath and I find my rest in him. So yes, I do remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy and that I find my rest in Christ who gave me the invitation and is the fulfillment of the law completely. There remains a rest for the people of God. For you as in his rest himself cease from his work as God did from his. So we're keeping the Sabbath as God did and ceasing from his work we do when we enter into that relationship with Christ. Verse 10 or verse 11, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest lest anyone fall according to the order of disobedience. 
So it's saying now, just as they came to that promised land and didn't go in, we've got to be diligent to enter that rest. Otherwise, we're disobedient. We follow the same example of disobedience. And this is the warning. This is the third warning that you find. That you are disobedient if you're not entering into God's rest. You're not doing the things God wants you to do. You're disobedient. The disobedience led for them to be completely separated from God. They wandered around in the wilderness and their bodies were scattered. So in verse 12, now it tells us the answer to our obedience. And this makes perfect sense now that we think about it. The answer to obedience is knowing what the word of God says. If I don't know what the word of God says, I can't be obedient to it. You can't be expected to be obedient to what you don't know. That's why the Bible says those who have more light will be judged in greater ways. That's why going to church holds a bit of danger to it. Because the more you learn of the word of God, the more you go, now I know. You can't go, I don't know. I didn't know, God. You knew. And so no wonder this next verse that we quote all the time, but we quote it out of context, all of a sudden putting it back into context helps us with what this verse really means. Verse 12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So we quote that often, you know, the word of God is alive and active. It works inside of us. The Bible says that all scriptures given by the inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, correction, for instruction and in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped, lacking in nothing. Psalms 119 tells us that how can a young man keep his ways pure but by giving heed to the word of God? We're told that God's word will not come back void. It will do the very things that it is set out to accomplish to do. Colossians, that it works inside of us. And here we kind of see it, it gets down in us and it does those things. So when we hear the word of God and then we mix it with faith, we enter into God's rest. And that's what this is all about. They heard the word of God. They didn't mix it with faith. They didn't enter into his rest. And God's word is powerful. It gives us the ability to be able to trust in what he said. It's how we achieve. If we hear God's word, it's how we gain faith. Romans 10.10 10 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith teachers in the faith movement will play the Bible for their babies because they believe that somehow the babies are assimilating God's word into their lives. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as these babies are in their crib hearing the word of God, then their faith is growing. They're going to be men and women of faith because they're hearing the word of God. It's not what that verse means. If that's what that verse meant, I would be like, play your Bible when you drive, play your Bible when you sleep, play your Bible all the time. Because the more you hear the word of God, the more you're going to faith is going to grow. You know, you have this faith container, your faith's going to grow. No, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when the Bible tells us that we are supposed to love our neighbor, and now my neighbor does something really annoying to me, and I want to do something like run over their cat, that's the first thing that came to mind. I don't know what that says about me when that's the first thing that came to mind. And I go, no, the Bible says that I'm supposed to love my neighbor. So I bring his cat back to his house. 
even though that neighbor's extremely annoying. Because now faith came by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because I knew what God wanted me to do, I was able to mix that with faith and I was able now to change my behavior and a cat lived as a result. So that's the way the word of God works. We learn it, we learn what God wants from us. So here tonight, we're learning God's word. God's word tells us to be diligent to enter into his rest. So now you can do what you want to do with that. You can either say, you know what? I'm going to be diligent to enter into the rest of God. I'm going to mix what God's commands are with faith. And I'm going to enter into his rest. Or you cannot. Now you have a choice. That's how come faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's why he brings up the word of God when he's talking about this whole issue of entering into God's rest. And the fact that we all have to give an answer to God for at the very 13, the other side of that verse, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him whom we must give an account. And that's good for us to realize there's no hiding from God. Moses killed an Egyptian, hit him in the sand, but God saw. The Bible says he looked this way and that way and killed him and hit him in the sand. He forgot to look up. So God sees everything. So there's no reason to play any games with God. You can play games with me because I don't know everything. I can play games with you because you don't know everything. But we've got to be honest with God because he sees it all. He knows where we are. No games can be played. No pride can be. Our, our failures are open and bare to him. And so that's what he's encouraging us. We must give an account to him. One day we're going to have to answer. Far better for us to enter into that rest because part of entering into that rest is that my sins are forgiven and that I'm freed from judgment and I will not have to answer him for what I've done because I've been free, set free from judgment. You say that sounds like a get out of jail free card. Well, it kind of is. But it's not just I raise my hand. I want one. Can I have a get out of hell free card? I want one. But you're saying I now am ready to live for Christ. That's what you're saying when you raise your hand. I'm giving my life to him. I'm ready to live for him. And I want to enter into the rest that he has available for me. So we're going to go ahead and cover these last, 14 or these last three verses. Verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. We're going to get introduced to more of that. Why are you going to go back to an earthly high priest if you've got a great high priest who passed through the heavens? Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Let's hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in a time of need. So that we have a high priest who understands what we go through. He's tempted just like I'm tempted but yet without sin, which tells us that our temptations aren't sin. We're just tempted. When we're enticed and give in to them, that's when sin's born. But being tempted isn't sin. And so we can come to Christ boldly and we can obtain mercy and grace and help in a time of need. The Bible also tells us that God provides a way of escape for every temptation. The temptations we go through are common and God provides a way of escape. The reason that we don't ask for help when we're being tempted because partially we already in our minds we already gave into it we're like i'm you know you're not praying lord help me what's the proper prayer when you are tempted lord help me 
Lord, I'm coming boldly before your throne. I'm weak. My, my flesh, I, 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 I live, I do what the flesh wants. I'm just weak. Lord, I'm sorry. Help me. And he'll give you help in a time of need. And that you could go boldly before the throne. Because what does the enemy say to you when you get to the throne of God? You know, you're not worthy to talk to God. Look at you. Look at your struggle and look at your temptation. You think you're worthy to talk to God? But we go boldly before the throne of God, despite the fact that we are tempted, because he was tempted just like we are. We ask for grace, undeserved favor, help in a time of need, and we obtain mercy. God looks upon us, and mercy is when you, you don't get what you deserve. That's what mercy is. You deserve a lot worse, and God says, I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to give you mercy. And so we enter into his rest. And if by chance today you haven't entered into God's rest, if you're still trying to work your way into your salvation, it's time to give that up. It's time to come to him, take his yoke on you, learn from him, surrender your life to him, and discover that incredible rest that is there. And when we are tempted, we go to him for help, that we might be able to stand and be the men and women that God truly wants us to be. Stand up with me, would you? Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this chapter the, the clearness that we find in it about entering into your rest and the way the children of Israel came to the promised land and were disobedient and didn't enter in and that we need to be careful and diligent if we're hearing from you to enter in. We thank you for this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'd like you to keep your eyes closed, please, and your heads bowed for just a couple of minutes. And I want to give those of you that are watching online and those listening on Reach Radio a chance to give your life to Christ today. Again, we're not, God's not offering you a get-out-of-jail-free card, get-out-of-hell-free card. He's, he's offering forgiveness, and He's offering you a new life. The way the forgiveness comes to you is that the old you dies, and there's a new you. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away, and everything becomes new. That's why you have a hunger to do what God wants you to do. That's why you have a desire to know what God's word is. That's why you want to share your faith and see people avoid hell because you're transformed. And if you're here today, you want to give your life to Christ and you want to begin to live for him. You want to stop living for yourself. Again, Jesus said, if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. If you go, no, I like my life. I want to say, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for his sake, you'll save it. It's in giving your life away as Jesus gave his life away that he was resurrected from the dead. You and I give our lives away and we are resurrected with him. We gain our lives by losing it. So is there anybody here tonight that wants to, to, to give their lives up? Anybody here tonight that wants to invite Jesus into their lives and find salvation? Then I'm going to ask you to do something simple. Just lift up your hand. Lift your hand up now. Lift up high so I can see it. I want to take time and I want to acknowledge your hands. And then I want to pray with you. If you're watching online, you can respond as well. You can say, Lord, I do want to live for you. I give you my life now. If you're listening on Reach Radio, you can do the same thing. So I'm going to scan the room one more time. Just raise your hand. You want to give your life to Christ. Lift it up high. Bible says today, if I hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. God bless you, sir. That's great. Anyone else? I mean, we just read the, the, the passage. We know what it means. Hey, there's an opportunity. God's speaking to you. If you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. 
And God bless you. That's great. All right. You can put your hands down. And I would like everyone, including those who raise their hands, those who are watching online and those who are listening on Reach Radio, to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess that I've sinned. And I know my sin has separated me from you. But I also understand that I can be forgiven by the death of Jesus on the cross. So I invite you into my life and I turn from my sin that I can live for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Now, for those of you that raised your hand, there's a new believers table along the wall here. We've got a Bible we want to give you so you can begin to read it. Uh, you're going to have a hunger for it now that you've given your life to Christ and he's come in and you're made into a new creation. And we've got a new believers packet which helps you to know what to do now. What do I do now that I've given my life to Christ? If you're watching online, you can text ready for Jesus to 94,000 and you'll get back a link. That link is our new believers card. Go ahead and fill that out and we'll have people who will contact you. You can also send your story. Tell us what's going on. Email to saved at calvarytucson.com and there are people who will interact with you as you send that uh, email to us, saved at calvarytucson.com. Just let us know what's happening. We want to help you in any way that we can. Bible says, let men everywhere lift up holy hands and pray. Would you guys lift your hands up, men and women? And you pray for those people that you know that are struggling as I pray for you guys. I want to pray for those online as well, those listening on the radio. Father, I want to pray for everyone who is, has their hands raised, everyone who's here, everyone who's listening. Lord, we pray first of all for a physical healing. You've said that we would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. Lord, we believe that. We also know that we're asked for your will. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So do your will in our lives. I pray for those that are struggling in their, their walk with, with you, struggling with faith, struggling to mix faith with the commands of God. I pray that you would give them what they need now to be able to do that. I pray for those that are at the end of their rope. You are near the brokenhearted. You know the struggles that we have. And so, Lord, we pray that you would just touch and do a miraculous work. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May God lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. May you enter into God's rest. There are those who haven't. May you discover his light yoke, his easy burden, and bring him all of your craziness. And as you give it to him and begin to live the life that he wants you to live, it's not a, an extra burden. Hey, you give people a chance to give you burdens, they'll lay them on you, all right? But the things that God tells us to do are not heavy. In fact, if we, if we love him and love people, we fulfill all the law and the prophets. That's pretty, pretty simple. Be, be, have our operation be love. May you walk close with him this week, closer than you've been, and may God open up doors for you to share your faith. May you let people around you know the love that you have for Christ and that he died for them and that he wants to see them give their lives to him. Thank you for joining us for Practical Christian Living with Robert Furrow. We hope that our verse-by-verse -verse studies truly help you to see that God is real. He wants a personal relationship with you and His Word is life-changing. If you'd like to hear more of Robert Furrow's teachings, visit calvarytucson.com. 
For our local listeners, we invite you to join us at one of our two campuses. Our East Campus at Speedway and Camino Seco meets Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9.45 a.m. Our West Campus, south of Palo Verde and I-10, meets Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m. Our midweek service times are Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. at our East Campus and 7.15 p.m. at our West Campus. If you prefer, you can watch our service at live.calvarytucson.com and also on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Our online campus is available during East Campus service times. If Practical Christian Living has blessed you and you'd like to donate, please visit pclaz.org. That's pclaz.org where you can make a secure one-time donation or sign on to become a monthly partner on a reoccurring basis. Have you accepted Jesus into your life or do you have questions about salvation? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at saved at calvarytucson.com and don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram at Calvary Tucson or Facebook at Calvary Chapel Tucson. We want to remind our local listeners that you can watch Practical Christian Living TV Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m. on KGUN 9. Thank you for joining us for Practical Christian Living. Do you love Jesus? Do you want to dig deeper in your walk with God? Then you are a great fit for REACH College with enrollment opportunities. To attend as a student or an auditor, the courses challenge you to analyze your way of thinking as you grow in your walk with Jesus. Find out more at thereachcollege.org. That is thereachcollege.org.